0: Good morning, everybody. Hi. Great to see you. Let's just um, gather ourselves back together. If you're still praying, that's fine. Can I just say um, again, welcome. If you're new here, it is great to have you with us. My name's Nigel. I'm one of the leaders um, of the church here. It's great to have you. We have a connect point at the back of the room there. There will be people. Um, There at the end, who can tell you a bit more more about Gateway if you're interested in finding out some more? Um, But it's just really good to have you with us if you're new. Um, We're just going to do something a little bit different this morning. Um, It is only 17 sleeps to Christmas. Yep, little murmur of excitement. But almost as excitingly, it's only four sleeps till the election. But you know, I know you've heard a lot about it, and I know you might be fed up, and I know there'll be all sorts of views out there, and you don't want to hear anything more, but, and, but maybe you don't know how to vote, and it's, I, I've never before heard so many people say, I don't know how to vote this time around, and that they're fed up with the process and all of that, but as the people of God, I feel it is so important that we engage with this, and particularly that we pray this week amen? Because we know the God who is in charge of all of this, okay? And this is not a sideshow. Actually, it's very key in that the Bible tells us to get involved and to pray particularly. So I want us to engage with this. How on earth do you approach the subject of politics and the election? That was what I was grappling this week uh, with. But what I feel I want to do It's really, I don't want to talk about the detail. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you how to vote. uh, Somebody pointed out in the prayer meeting, I didn't do this on purpose, but I've I've worn neutral today. So I can't be accused of being uh, biased towards any party or anything like that. Um, But what I want to do is, uh, what I felt God say is, uh, first of all, I want you to remember the big story that you're part of. Because it's so easy to get sucked down into the detail and it's so easy to get... Uh, pulled into the the conversations that everybody else is having and the the fed upness that is in everybody else's minds right now. But I just feel like I've got 10 scriptures, okay? We're going to do this in 10 scriptures. We're going to go very fast. Um, I've got a couple of videos to show you as well, but I just want us to be engaged so that then we will pray, okay? So first of all, the first five scriptures that I want to share with you this morning are really all about the big picture of who God is and what he's doing in the world. Because whenever we engage with anything that is happening in the world, whether it be in politics or whether it be world events or whatever is going on, we, must, we are the people of God. And I think sometimes we put our people of God hat, we leave that somewhere else when we engage with the things that are going on on the news or on the world. But we're always the people of God and God is interested in all of it. Amen. And so it's so important at moments like this, that we don't get pulled along with the crowd, but that we remember the big story of God that we are part of. And I think sometimes, particularly with politics, and particularly right now and with Brexit and all the story that has gone on over the last few years in this country, we forget the story that we're part of, and we start believing a different story, Amen. But we need to remind ourselves of the story that we're in because we are the people of God who have been rescued. We're in the world still, but we're not of the world, the Bible says. And so we have a different story. And as we remind ourselves of the story of God that we're part of, I want us to have a tremendous confidence because God is on the move. And that is not separate from what is going on in the country. God is on the move amongst us, but for the sake of the country. Amen? So this is scripture number one. I hope they're there. There's, been a, there, there's a lot of stuff that I sent to Phil this week. So hopefully, have you got it, John? Huh? You got a scripture? Psalm 24. There we go. Scripture number one. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Amen? everything belongs to God. Yes? He's interested in all of it. He loves the whole world, whether it be politics, or um, the environment, or our cities, or the poor, or everything, all of it. You and me, everybody. He loves all of it, and he's interested in all of it. It's all his. Amen? There was a famous Dutch prime minister, Abraham Kuyper, who said, Not, there is Well, what did he say? Let's have a look. There is not a square inch in the whole domain of our human existence over which Christ, who is sovereign, does not cry, mine. Amen? All of the earth is his. Scripture number two. So God has given us a mandate on the earth as human beings. So God created mankind. This is Genesis 1. God created mankind in his own image. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Amen? So we have a mandate as God's people to fill the earth with the glory of God. To go and bring order to this planet that he has given to us. That is the job of mankind. We've been given the job of demonstrating who he is and filling the whole world with his order and his glory. Amen. That's the mandate that we've been given. And the fact that the cross has happened and we've been redeemed just means that we have been, that that mandate has been redeemed. So now we are transformed so that we can bring transformation to the whole world. That hasn't changed. Amen. So the, the, purpose and the mandate of the people of God is to display the glory of God. And as we're transformed by him, to bring his transformation to the whole earth, every part of it, to fill it once again, as it was the original plan with God's glory. Amen? That's scripture number two. Scripture number three is this. It's very familiar. Matthew 6 Jesus' prayer as he was teaching the disciples, pray then like this Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And this, Jesus prayed it so you can believe that it is happening. Amen? It is underway. His kingdom is coming. The transformation process is underway. Nothing can stop that. Jesus has has prayed it. That is God's intention. The earth finally, we've seen the picture at the end of the book in Revelation, the earth finally will be filled, a new heavens and a new earth filled with the glory of God. That is the inevitable end of the story, amen? And his kingdom is coming right now. Do you know that in your own life, that his kingdom is coming? Are you letting his kingdom come and bring transformation And the purpose of that is that we, as God's people, might spread that transformation and might be influences throughout the world. Amen? And as we gather on a Sunday and we say, God be amongst us, come and break in on us, transform us. That is for purpose, that we might bring the transformation of God around us. Because his original plan is still the plan that the earth would be filled with the glory of God. Amen? Number four. My prayer, says Jesus, is not that you take them, that is the disciples and us, out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. So we are no longer of the world. We don't look the same as the world. We're different from it. We've been rescued out of it. We've been born again. We're new creations. But God puts us in the world to bring his transformation amen, to bring his truth, to bring his love, to bring his mercy. So we're not rescued out of it. We don't go go in a holy huddle in the corner, but as he transforms us, so we are to bring transformation. We're to be the influencers and the effectors in every part of society, in every bit of his world, amen, protected from the evil one, but right stuck in, in all the messy, broken bits of life including politics, by the way. Not separate from that, but we as the people of God have a job to do in every area, every aspect, every bit of the creation. Amen? And what does that look like? Well, it looks like scripture number five, which is Matthew 5. So you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You're the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. So we're salt and we're light. Like salt, we infiltrate, and often you can't even be seen, but you're infiltrating and bringing influence. And like light, we, sometimes we reveal and declare and confront, but we're salt and we're light. And as the people of God, we are to bring influence and effect as we are transformed to bring that to every different part of the, of the creation. Amen? That includes politics. That includes wherever you work. That includes our streets where you live. We have an incredible mandate as the people of God. And we. our prayer is that increasingly we would reflect God, that we'd be transformed by him so that we can bring his transformation wherever we are. Amen? And so as we talk about uh, the great gateway furniture van going out and serving people around the town, actually the church is quite good in many ways at serving where there's brokenness and where there's need in society. And we know that we're to be salt and light, and we know that we're to come and serve. But you know, the other thing is that sometimes we need to go upstream. So we need to not just find the brokenness, but we also need to go go upstream to where the decisions are made. And actually God wants... God's. He wants his people in politics, in councils, in governments, in offices where decisions are made, so that that influence of his people could come in every part of society. Amen? So let's not think of politics as one thing and uh, God's stuff as another thing. No, he wants us involved in all of it. So let me just show you this quick first video um, from Christians in Politics uh, to help with that thought.
1: All over the UK, the church is doing an incredible job. We're running food banks, mentoring at-risk teenagers, counselling those in debt, being friends to the elderly, sheltering the homeless, running parent-toddler groups, homework clubs, music arts workshops, healing in the street, sports camps, <laughs> working with prisoners, community choir. This is wonderful, but there is a danger. Martin Luther King said that as Christians, we enjoy being the good Samaritan on life's roadside. It often feels good to help someone and see the change up close. But he went on to ask, who is going back to the Jericho Road? In other words, who is making sure that no one else gets mugged? Do we need more street lighting? More CCTV cameras? More police on the beat? The thing is that those political decisions happen in fairly dull committees poring over statistics and reports. Not as exciting as seeing that change right in your face. But if we don't show up in those places, the church may spend the next 50 years as the nation's paramedic, treating the victims of a flawed system, but failing to bring righteousness and justice to the system itself. It's good to be the good Samaritan, but it's also good to give them the odd day off. Some of us need to be in the system. Might that be you? Don't just vote. Show up.
0: Some of us are already involved in that kind of thing. But increasingly, I believe that God is going to take us into all sorts of places. And actually, I was looking back at some of the prophetic words, as we've been doing over the last few weeks, uh, looking back over prophetic words that God has given us as a church uh, over the last years. And there's one particular one that um, from Julian Adams. We often quote Julian Adams. This is uh, from him in 2011. That is really resonating right now. And I just want to show you this just to show you what I think God is doing and what's going on. And the Lord says it's a season of extension. Amen. I'm going to begin to add to you buildings. I'm going to begin to add to you particular places in the community. I want to show you this bit because this first bit, I believe, is actually happening right now. Um, I'm, I actually see like a community hall that's been disused and disregarded and see God giving you favor into that place, see you doing it up, see a community hub, and that God's about to give you um, that Oh, a community hub that God's about to give you that will not only feed the poor and broken, but will release blessing into the community. And that, I believe, is uh, incredibly close to what is happening in Penn Hill right now, as we've joined with others to plant the church there. And what Kevin and Dawn are doing in a a disused community space. Um, Oh, it's gone out of my head. What's there? What's it called? Men in Sheds and all of that but incredibly accurate to that. And now listen to the next bit. God is going to begin to give you favor even in political spheres in this community here and in this town. God will give you an ability to see doors open very significantly. And that comes in the prophetic words again and again that God wants to give influence and uh, strategic influence, involvement in the uh, places where a government and decisions are being made. And I believe that as, that is what God wants for the church, not just to serve, yes, to serve absolutely, but also to get involved in every part of society. Amen. Bringing transformation because we've seen the big picture. Amen. And so let's believe God for that. Let's go after God for that. Talk to Ian Lowe about some of the things that he's doing. Go and ask him some of the stories because this is beginning to happen already uh, in terms of Uh, Some of the stuff that's going on behind the scenes with Honda um, and other stuff that's happening in this town, God is increasing the influence of his people. We need to pray for it. We need to be ready wherever he puts us. And this involves all of us to bring transformation so that his glory might increasingly be seen in every bit of society. Amen? Including politics. Right. One or two more quick scriptures just to help us with responding as we have an election on our on our, um, in the next few days on our doorsteps. First one is this, Romans 13. Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there's no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. The government is God's servant for your good. So we believe that God has put government in place. God has put those kind of structures in place. We might not agree with all of it. They're broken. They're sinful and broken, just like the rest of creation. We live in a broken world. We're not of it, but we're in it. And we need to respect and realize that God is sovereign over the government. Amen? So we don't just rail against it, we pray for it and we believe that God uses it. Uh, We were talking in Haggai as we were going through that the other week about how God used the empires that were happening at that time, the movement of empires. He brought the Persians in so that the, the Israelites who were in exile in Babylon might be released Cyrus, the Persian Empire, emperor, was nothing to do with God, but God used him as he was moving things around that his purposes might be fulfilled. And God always does that. So we need to be careful and know that God ultimately is sovereign. not that he's pulling every string because he's given people free will, but God is in control ultimately overall, and he has put government in place. Next scripture: Philippians. Do all things without grumbling or disputing that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast to the word of life. And this, uh, as I've been thinking this week and as I'm looking at the election coverage, this I think is one of my, my deepest passions that we would do all things not like the rest of the world which is broken and has gone away from the purposes of God, but that we would look different, that we would shine like stars, as the word word says. Amen? That we wouldn't grumble like others do, that we wouldn't be anxious like others are. But the Bible says don't grumble because we, we know the bigger story. We know what God is doing. We've been rescued. And don't be anxious, but in everything, the Bible says, doesn't it? Come in prayer to me and put your anxieties before me. So whilst the rest of society is grumbling and complaining and being anxious and saying what on earth is going on, we know a bigger story. Amen? We know a God who is sovereign. We know a God who is raising up his people that they might be influences in all these places, in all the brokenness that is mixed up there, that he might bring his glory into effect in every aspect of life on this planet. Amen? So let's not complain Let's be—we're we're in the world. We're influencers. We're transformed that we might bring mercy and grace and love wherever we are, however broken the situation. But look, let's not complain in the same way that everybody else does. Let's look different because we know the—we know the end of the story. We know the bigger picture of what God is doing, and how He actually wants to use us to bring life and to bring grace. And to bring love into every situation, including into politics, including into debates about the election. Amen? Let's just do one more. We're going to skip. Let's do um, the last one. Uh, No, no, not the last one. The fourth one, John. If you love those who love you. Luke 6. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even the sinners. Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. But love your enemies. Do good to them. Then your reward will be great and you will be children of the Most High because he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Be merciful just as your father is merciful. And we've seen a demonstration of that this morning haven't we and uh, we have received the mercy of god and so we extend mercy to one another and boy when we see governing and we see some of the stuff that's going on in our nation we we might we have all sorts of reactions to it, but we need to show mercy. And particularly, right now we live in a nation where there's lots of division, and there's lots of antagonism, and there's lots of, uh, even, even down to the level of families being divided on views on stuff, we need to be the ones who, who show mercy. Amen? We need to be the ones who are reconcilers because we've seen the bigger picture of God. We don't be, we're not worried about this. We're not grumbling about it, but we've seen the bigger picture. And because we are the receivers of mercy from God, so we show mercy. We show love. We bring reconciliation. The Bible says we're agents of reconciliation in this world. Amen? John, let's go for the other, the other uh, video.
1: The complexity and toxicity of debates around Brexit have left many people feeling paralyzed and powerless. Many of us also feel an uneasiness that comes from a sense of chaos. But we follow a God who, since the very dawn of time, has been bringing order from chaos. It's his thing. And if you think we live in chaotic times, you should have been around during the reign of Nebuchadnezzar. But how does order emerge from chaos? Well, how does it happen in your home or in your workplace? Order returns through restored relationships. The cross sits at the centre of history because it makes possible the reconciliation between us and God, between us and the rest of creation, and between us and those who may not feel like us anymore. You may be sitting just yards from someone who fundamentally disagrees with you about Brexit, At this moment in the UK, there is a real danger of a cultural divide becoming a cultural chasm. So could you make the first move in reconciliation? Could you extend a hand beyond your comfort zone to engage with people who are different to you? It certainly won't happen through social media. It will take offline relationships. You see, we cry out for unity, but unity is very easy to talk about and very hard to do. And that's because it needs humility. And Christians have a wonderful gift to bring to the public square at this time. Of course, we don't stop saying what we believe to be true, but we also know a way to that humility. We know how we might just start believing that we don't see the whole picture. And it's from being in the presence of the one who does. It's from being on our knees in prayer at that cross and realizing that we only see in part. Then we might just be able to join hands with those from the other side who have also discovered that they don't have all the answers either. In truth we know very little but we know someone who knows it all. So being on our knees won't just change the Brexit situation, it will change us and that might give us just a chance to be peacemakers and bridge builders. To be the glue that prevents a country tearing itself apart. So Let us pray.
0: And so the final scripture from um, Timothy, 1 Timothy. I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. So the Bible tells us that we're to pray, we're to pray into every aspect of society, but particularly we're to pray for those who lead and those who govern, and we're to pray that our society is governed in such a way that the church is enabled to do what it's meant to do. Amen? It, quiet and peaceful lives so that we can worship, so that we can do, be the influence, be the transforming presence, be the salt and light that God wants us to be. So we're going to pray. It's a key time for us to pray. I think it's important that we do that together. We don't often spend a lot of time interceding as a body on a Sunday morning, but when our nation is at the point where it is, we need to cry out to God for our nation. We need to cry out to God for our politicians. We need to cry out to God for the church that it would rise up in our day and point to the one who is different from all that's going on in the world. Amen. So, Let's stand together. We're going to pray for a few minutes. We're going to put this into practice. First of all, what I'd love us to do is I'd love us to, we're going to do this in a few different ways so that we can engage with it. But what I'd love us to do to start with is to call out to God all together. So let's, I know we're not so great at this, This is not really our culture, but let's have a go at it anyway. We're going to call out to God together. We're going to raise our voices together. Let's pray for our nation. Let's believe that God is sovereign over it, that he can do with it what he likes, and that let's pray that his purposes in our nation will prevail. Let's pray that he would be seen again. Let's pray for his outcome to this election this week and that he would use it. Amen? So whatever's on your heart, let's go for it. Call out to God for a couple of minutes. Go. Go on, you can go a bit louder. Let's just go and be bold. Don't worry about the person next to you. Okay. Let's let's mix it up a little bit. Now I'd love us to pray something all together in unison about our um, MPs, future MPs, about what happens this week and. Uh, This actually is a prayer. A number of people from the church went to um, a conference last month, I think it was, Jubilee Plus, who uh, into serving the nation in social action and uh, mobilizing the church in social action. This was a prayer that was used at that conference, and it's it's so good. It's on the theme of mercy, as we've been talking about. Um, I'd love us to pray this out loud together, okay, from our hearts. Okay, John, have you got that there? Let's go. Father. We pray for your mercy to be on display in our nation during this election. We pray that you would give us politicians who have mercy and compassion in their hearts. We ask you for candidates to be elected who are of good character, those who are wise, honest, and have integrity. Please give us representatives who care about the common good more than self-interest. Please give us leaders who care about tackling poverty, injustice and inequality. We pray for those who become our next cohort of MPs. Help them to be mindful of the great responsibility they have and the impact their actions could have on thousands or even millions of people across the UK. Jesus, we ask you for politicians who reflect something of you in their character. Please give us merciful, compassionate, empathetic MPs. And please surround our MPs with godly men and women who can encourage them when their job is hard, who can bring wise counsel when it's needed, and can be those who aren't afraid to speak into their lives honestly. Help us to be good friends to our MPs, even when we disagree. Help us as Christians. To towards them to honor them and encourage them, and where we have close contact with them to help them stay grounded and mindful of the huge good they can do in this role. Father, we ask you to protect those running for office. please have mercy on them, protect their families and their loved ones, and keep them safe from harm in this present culture. Please protect their hearts and minds from the abuse that is directed at them. We pray that even in this current climate of vitriolic politics, would you bring calm to our nation during this election. Where there are politicians or prominent voices in the media who would stir up division and tension, please would you lower the volume on those voices and bring to the foreground the voices of those who are respectful to others and can disagree well with their opponents. Please will you turn up the volume on those voices. In all the political chaos of the last several months, it seems to require huge faith to pray for wise political leadership, economic stability, social harmony, and national unity, But you are a miracle-working God, and nothing is impossible for you. So we pray for these things too. Ultimately, Jesus, we ask you for politicians who will do us good as a nation, but particularly for those who will do good for those facing poverty and injustice. Please pour out your mercy on our nation at this time. In Jesus' name, Amen. Right. um, Can we have the band back, please? We're going to end with worship. While the band are just coming up and gathering themselves, why don't you just turn in little groups? Let's have another way of praying. Just briefly, in small groups where you are, let's pray for us as Christians. And for Christians in the political sphere, that we would be the influence, the godly influence, the bringers of reconciliation and peace, where there's division in families and disagreements. Let's pray that the church would be who the church is meant to be. Amen. Small groups briefly, and then we'll finish by singing together. Amen.